Welcome to Season 2 of the Pogel Podcast. I'm Matt Targa, producer of the Pogel Podcast for the Pogel Project. The Pogel Podcast is an ongoing conversation from the Pogel Project that celebrates innovative educators both in and out of the classroom. For our second episode this season, we will focus on Pogel's national meeting and what we do. We'll be answering several questions, including how does this meeting help the project move its strategic plan forward, as well as how do the working groups associated with the strategic plan make that happen? Today, co-host Alex Gruschow, who is a professor of chemistry at Ryder University and chair of the Department of Chemistry and Biochemistry, interviews Marty Perry, vice chair for professional education in the College of Pharmacy at the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences. We'll also have Suzanne Ruder, professor of chemistry at Virginia Commonwealth University in Richmond, and Chris Bauer, professor of chemistry at the University of New Hampshire's College of Engineering and Physical Sciences. Alex, Marty, Suzanne, and Chris, thank you very much for being here today to discuss the importance of Pogel's national meeting. And Alex, I will now pass the baton over to you. This season, we will explore the inner workings of the Pogel Project. The project, it turns out, is not just about creating materials and disseminating them to the broader educational community. There are many other activities that people in the organization undertake to promote the mission of the project. We'll talk to educators around the country who have worked to steer and shape various aspects of the Pogel Project. Through different episodes this season, listeners will learn about the many opportunities to participate in the workings of the project. In this episode, we're going to discuss one of the key working aspects of the Pogel Project, the Pogel National Meeting, or PNM. Early in the history of the Pogel Project, the PNM was convened annually to bring together the major participants of the National Science Foundation grants that funded the early days of the Pogel Project. At these meetings, the principal investigators of the grant got together to make sure that all aspects of these large grants were being addressed and that the work that was proposed was actually getting done in a timely fashion. As the project grew from a grant-funded endeavor to a nonprofit organization, the activities at the PM also evolved. As the strategic plan was developed, the activities at the PM became more focused on operationalizing the aspects of the strategic plan through what we call working groups. In today's podcast, I'm speaking with Marty Perry, Chris Bauer, and Suzanne Ruder. All three of them have been working with the Pogo Project for many years and are veterans of many PNMs. So welcome to you all. Glad you could join us. Chris, I want to start with you. So we discussed the strategic plan in our last episode. And you were sort of the architect of our last revision of the plan. Can you tell us a little bit about how these working groups that I mentioned are related to the strategic plan? Um, sure, Alex, and, and uh, appreciate the chance to be here to, to share this with everybody. Um, so the working groups uh, that get together at the uh, Pogel National Meeting are actually the way that the strategic plan moves forward. Um, the working groups are established ahead of time by the steering committee, and that's based on looking at where the project has come, progress that has been made in the past, and also what goals we have looking for the future. 
And the steering committee decides where do we want to have people focusing their attention and their time to try to push those goals along. So each of those working groups, um, the, the steering committee carefully thinks about where the challenge is, where do we want to be going, and provides a, a at least crude charge to the uh, working groups to give them some idea of what direction they would like them to be going in to kind of make sure that uh, they're aware of past efforts and kind of what the status of the, uh, the current project is. But they also have some autonomy. They're not just following a recipe that the, that the steering committee is providing. Um, so that's kind of what uh, folks come into the national meeting uh, find when they get there is they find this structure already set up and they're assigned. Uh, the people we know who are coming are assigned to working groups and we kind of balance the invitations to make sure the working group um, participation uh, has folks on it who we think are going to be able to contribute best there. Right. So, I mean, people come in with not necessarily, you know, told, oh, you're going to be working in this working group. There's some some selection that goes on beforehand, right? Yes. Usually we, we, we try to adapt to the interests of, of the folks who are participating. I mean, oftentimes these are continuations of past working groups, um, but we do have new people each uh, each year at the national meeting, and we look for what their interest and expertises are, and then attach them to these other working groups where there's already folks who have some experience. Gotcha. So, um, and then these working groups are connected to aspects of the project strategic plan. Um, and there are often more than one working group connected to a single goal in the plan. Can you give me an example of, you know, two, two working groups that work towards the same sort of goal in the strategic plan? Yeah, sure. Uh, we, have, we have five uh, different goals and we have at the moment something like 10 or 12 different working groups. So first of all, it's clear that we have multiple groups working on, on different aspects of goals. Um, one of the goals that's emerged is very important is one that involves uh, diversity and inclusivity. And this is with respect to our community of practitioners as well as with students. And there's been an interest in this uh, over the past, but at the last national meeting, we actually uh, thought about this more and to be more proactive, we actually divided that up into several different working groups. So we have a uh, an equity working group that's looking at uh, how to embrace equity in general. It's kind of like the ethos for the for the um, for the whole community. We have uh, a working group on mentors, uh, specifically thinking about how can we mentor new folks who are joining the community to uh, be aware of of equity and diversity issues. There, in other words, what kind of support might be necessary to help people participate. And then also the ask, we have a working group looking at recruitment, how to bring people to the project who may not have been attached to the project before and kind of reaching out to different sorts of populations. Each of those things requires some effort. And instead of making them the responsibility of a single group, we decided to spread that out and uh, allow some focus on those particular issues. Uh, another uh, place of overlap, we do have a research working group 
Uh, Suzanne may say more about that in, in a bit, but I'll point out that that has overlaps as well. We've developed observational uh, protocol instruments and in one working group and the research working group is thinking about how to make use of that in terms of research projects that may go on. Okay. So it's, it's typical to have overlap here. Yeah, okay, that's cool. Thank you, uh, Chris. Um, so Marty, I wanna to turn to you. You're currently chair of the, the uh, steering committee and in that role, you help sort of connect people in these working groups. Um, I guess some of the assignment of the new people as Chris talked about uh, falls to you. Can you tell me a little bit about what these working groups are actually then doing at, at the PNM? Sure, Alex, and it's great to be here uh, with this uh, awesome group of people. And I definitely want to give a shout out to two people who've really helped um, shepherd and get us to the point where we are now with the strategic plan. Of course, that's Chris who helped with our last iteration plan, um, but also uh, Susan Shadel, who was a part of the previous podcast. If you haven't listened to Susan, um, discuss the initial development of the strategic plan, you should definitely do so. Um, but when we get to the PNM and people have indicated uh, their preference for a particular working group, usually as a part of the application process, each person will list two or three working groups that they would potentially like to be a part of at the PNM. They're only going to serve most likely on one of those, unless there's some reason why they should overlap and do more than one, but most people are just on a single working group during their time at the PNM. And they can expect that that's going to be a, a devoted time at the PNM, at least a couple of hours every uh, day that's allotted for the working groups to work on those charges that Chris uh, talked about just a few moments ago, but also to you know, potentially go in unique directions that the team feels like are important directions to work on uh, while they're at the PNM. So again, at least a couple of hours, sometimes a little bit more on a given day is devoted to this working group time. And so then, you know, the, the, these working groups, as you say, a couple of hours a day, the meeting's only like three and a half days long. How much are they going to get done in that period of time? And, you know, wh what are the expectations? Because that's not a lot of time to like, you know, sort of figure out, you know, equity in uh, within the project. Well, that, that's of course true. Um, and, and several of these working groups are long-term. They've been working on their particular uh, task in some cases for many years. Um, some of them are just getting started. Uh, and we hope that there is some accomplishment by the end of the meeting, or at least a plan or a strategy that's outlined. Some groups will do a little pre-work before they come to the PNM. So often a chair of a working group may reach out to their, their team before the PNM and say, would you please you know, read this or think about this particular idea before you come to the PNM so that we can hit the ground running, so to speak. Right, so there's, there's definitely, it's not just you know, a three and a half day commitment. People are coming in and there's, there's gonna be things to do once you're done. We're, we're hoping, again, there's no requirement that people um, commit beyond the PNM, but we would hope that most people will choose to continue their commitment to their working group, potentially for the entire year. And, and again, some people have been on a particular working group for many years, 
Um, you know, Alex, I know you were a part of the PAC uh, development in its early stages, and we're on that group for many, many years. Um, now you've joined strategic collaboration. So I want to emphasize to everybody that just because you're on one working group doesn't mean you have to stay on that working group forever. So if you find something that's of interest that for some reason you want to switch and join another team, you're, you're certainly uh, free to do so. Great. Yeah. And, it, you know, I know some people have moved from working group to working group, you know, over the course of several uh, PNM. So, yeah, you definitely can sort of see a number of different activities within the project um, right. as you come to PNM. So, speaking of going to a number of PNM, Suzanne, you've participated in a number of these uh, uh, activities. Uh, can you tell the audience what kinds of activities take place at a PNM? I mean, it's not just, you know, working in a group for three days. Sure. Um, thanks, Alex. I'd be happy to talk about my experience. Um, PNM is, is structured a lot differently from a typical conference or meeting that you might have attended before. Um, usually at you know a, a scientific conference, you might just attend talks and maybe give your own presentation. The focus of PNM is really to work together towards a common goal, which is really the definition of teamwork that the Pogo project uses. So we really are working as a team. Um, the working groups are certainly part of this goal related to the strategic plan. But as you indicated, the working groups are not the only thing that happens at a meeting. There's lots of other opportunities where people can get together with others who have similar interests to exchange ideas or work on a task. For example, some people have made the time to discuss maybe solutions for a particular classroom situation that they may be having issues with. Um, sometimes people meet separately to talk about writing activities for a content area that maybe doesn't have many activities um, or even discuss writing a grant proposal for funding for a new idea. So there's lots of time um, scheduled for setting up your own meetings. The meeting has lots of these opportunities to connect with people, not just those in your working group. The poster sessions I found to be really great place to discuss ideas with participants who are presenting their work and to get new ideas and provide them with feedback. There's also concurrent sessions that you can choose from to attend during the meeting. And these usually are set up to look at new products from the project. For example, the project might be uh, putting together a new workshop and you can participate in that workshop or part of that workshop and provide them feedback. And you know you can get an idea of what some of the new things are that are gonna be presented out in the, the summer workshops. Or you could learn about a tool like the optic tool that I think Chris mentioned earlier. Um, so if you don't know anything about the optic tool, you can choose to attend this session where they, you know, you, have you used the tool? And then you can also provide feedback on the tool um, to help improve it. So it's really a, a, a lot of working together to learn and provide feedback on different tools. And then I think a, a favorite aspect of the meeting is at the end of the meeting, the working groups present what they've been doing as part of a gallery walk. Mm -hmm. And in the gallery walk, you get to find out what everybody else has been doing. And you can even, you know, uh, share how your working group goal um, or your working group tasks have aligned with the, the, that particular working group. So you find out more about the other working groups 
Um, and this also gives you an opportunity to say, hey, I'm really interested in this. I'd like to help out with this working group as well. So there's lots of lots of different things that go on. Yeah, so I, I, mean, I just wanna unpack a number of the things you mentioned, uh, like a poster session. So even though this isn't really, this is not like you know a normal research conference, there still is a research aspect that goes on. Uh, people are sharing work that they're doing that are outside, kind of outside the working group materials as well. Is that right? Yes, yes. So you can choose to you know set up a, a meeting during some of the open work open time. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, pick whatever you want, and then other people can choose to show up. So you just look at, uh, well, at least when we were in person, it would be on a, a whiteboard in the room, and you would you would sign up um, virtually. It was done a little differently, but you'd still have an eye, opportunity to sign up and see what other people were talking about and, and to join join those sessions if you wanted to. And so, so you mentioned this thing called open working time. I just want to sort of tell our listeners that there is part of the meeting, which is, you know, designed to be unstructured. Um, and what people do is sort of, they gather, you know, try and find other people who are interested in this, you know, a particular topic that doesn't necessarily relate directly to the strategic plan, but it certainly is something that might be of interest to other people who are working in the project. And, you know, we'll say, you know, we will meet at 2.30, you know, during the open time and discuss X and anybody who's available. When we were in person, we would do it, you know, at a particular time or we'd send out the Zoom link. And so, Marty, about how much of this time is structured and how much is unstructured in, in what we're doing at a PM? Yeah, I mean, the PM is unique in terms of professional experiences. I, I don't intend anything quite like it throughout the year, you know, as Suzanne's already mentioned, you know, there's lots of different things going on, some of which is structured. So yes, we have working group time and yes, we do workshops and, and you know, th those types of things, uh, poster sessions, we have a plenary speaker. So there's, there's opportunities for you to get developed, but also to contribute to the work of the project, but also to have fun. I mean, it's a collaborative meeting, um, you're going to engage with lots of interesting people and there's time to, to be informal and to socialize. Um, there's an afternoon at the meeting where we take several hours and there's nothing structured and nothing scheduled. Um, you know, for the last 10 or more years, we've been at Washington University in St. Louis near Forest Park. And so people will go on walks in the park or go to the zoo or go to the city museum go for bike rides. Um, you know, there's all kinds of interesting things that people get together and do um, during that time. So we believe that everything should not be structured and that we should provide this time for open and informal networking and give people a chance to socialize and to, and to build those relationships. Uh, I think the connectedness of the project is, again, what makes it so unique. Alex, okay. if if I could jump in, yeah. um, just to just to confirm and kind of reiterate what what Suzanne and Marty were, were talking about in terms of this being a different sort of meeting. I mean, sometimes from the outside, you look at the, the Pogel project and say it's a thing. It's kind of like done. Uh, you know, what could I possibly have to contribute this? 
um, which is kind of the way that most people see a standard conference is everybody sharing the product of their work. The PNM and the Pogo project really is all about the process. It's an ongoing process of developing professional development, developing materials and developing ways in which people can participate in that. And so it's a, it's a very much more open and engaging and uh, uh, a set of activities that people can be invited to continue to uh, uh, participate in and contribute to in terms of ongoing development. I'd like to jump in there and also say that it's okay if you've never attended a PNM. There's always spots for people to jump in and contribute and not feel like, oh, I can't do that because, you know, I have never been involved. There's, there, we're a very welcoming project that welcomes everybody at all different levels to participate in the project. Yeah, again, just to piggyback on that, we typically have 60 to 70 people that attend in a given year. And on average, 10 or 15 of those attendees are people that are new. Uh, so yes, we definitely want um, folks who are going to be attending their very first PNM to give it a consideration and to integrate and be part of the project. Um, we need fresh new ideas all the time. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, I, I will also say that a number of people who have been sort of connected with other you know, activities, you know, either like auth just authoring Pogol activities, but are just like not really connected with all of the other aspects of the, of the Pogol project have sort of jumped in and said, hey, I'm kind of curious about what's going on at this national meeting and definitely reach out to any of us um, to find out how to get involved. The, I mean, I think the invitation is sort of an open uh, invitation to find out what's going on every year and then people apply and basically as you know as marty said the people who are can be connected with various aspects of the strategic plan through the through the working groups are the people that you know end up getting invitations to come back to uh, the pnm did i get that right more or less in terms Perfect. of the process okay great so um, we, we've touched on a couple of things here that there, there is working time that's structured uh, for everybody to meet. And, you know, then there's some informal working time where we sort of get together, either go for a walk in the park, but usually you're still end up, you know, engaging in some sort of discussion around professional development, even when you're out uh, wandering through the zoo. Um, and then we all sort of do our gallery walk at the end, uh, as Suzanne alluded to, um, and you sort of find out, and I think that I just wanna say that the gallery walk is really probably one of the coolest parts of the meeting where you get to see pretty much what all of the other working groups were, were doing. And then we all go home. And then what happens? <laughs> Somebody wanna chime in? Sure. Well, well, go, go ahead, ahead. Marty. Uh, so again, the steering committee stays for another day uh, after everybody goes home. And so we begin to process all of that information. Um, also want to point out, I don't know if we mentioned it earlier, the steering committee has liaisons to every single working group, but each working group has its own chair who is not a member of the steering committee. Um, so it's the steering committee's job to continue to follow up with the working groups throughout 
the next year. So we don't want when the meeting ends for the work to end. We, we really want that to continue um, so that when we meet again, we've made more progress and we're ready to continue to move that particular project forward or maybe to sunset it. Maybe we've accomplished the goals of that particular project and we're ready to, to move on to something different. Another aspect of the strategic plan that maybe has not been as well addressed. Uh, so we definitely want the, the work to not end, even though most people who attend the PNM will tell you that they are really exhausted at the end, uh, but it's a good exhaustion. Um, we feel like we really contributed a lot um, and made a difference. Uh, yeah. So let me add uh, a little bit in terms of, we've mentioned the gallery uh, walk a couple of times and mentioned um, the fact that there are liaisons from the steering committee to each one of the working groups. What, one of the interesting structures here is trying to help the entire community make progress forward on the goals, but at the same time, keep everybody informed as to what's going on in different corners of the, of the community, because there's a lot of stuff that is happening. And at the national meeting, that's when you have essentially all of the folks who are most highly engaged doing stuff together at the same point. So there's a number of things that we do where people are sharing their status uh, within each of the working groups that kind of happens kind of early towards the beginning of the meeting. And then uh, a, a kind of a middle of the meeting report, quick report out on what's going on or where they want input or insight uh, or sub meetings to happen. And then the gallery walk at the end kind of culminates the activity that's gone on there. But everybody gets a chance to provide feedback to each of those groups. It's structured into the activity that it's not just that you listen to what people have to say about what they're doing, but there's time set aside for you to provide feedback. And sometimes that's with Google Docs or sometimes that's with sticky notes or whatever. But all of that information is collected and then the working groups have used that then to gather information from the whole rest of the community about how the rest of the community perceives the direction of their activity. So I find that's a really interesting structure that kind of pulls everybody together, allows everybody to kind of have transparency about what's going on and to communicate amongst all of these groups. And I think that's really been kind of essential and unique in terms of the whole organization. So to yeah. address your, your question, I think earlier, Alex, um, about what happens after the meeting, because you often don't finish all of your tasks during the meeting. Um, but as Chris mentioned, you get feedback from the whole community during the gallery walk. And then we usually set up meetings once a month or so into the year, into the academic year to meet with the working group team and make some, have some assignments and make some progress on the feedback and the tasks that we were um, assigned as part of the working group. So generally we meet once a month or so um, and individuals work on little separate parts of the, the tasks that, that were part of their working group um, and then report out to the steering committee liaison a couple times a year, I think, um, on the progress the working group has made. But it's flexible because, you know, we all know that things come up and perhaps, you know, December is not a very good time to meet. So we'll, you know, shift the month if people just haven't had a chance to work on stuff. Yes. 
And I also want to point out that the, the PNM has also been a place where, you know, side projects have, have jumped out. Um, you know, myself, I've been part of what's called the Pogel PCL group. That's uh, PCLs for PCAM lab. And so this is a, a group of physical chemists that got together and, you know, it ended up resulting in two National Science Foundation grants. Suzanne, you've had the same experience, I believe. You want to tell us a little bit about how that got started at the PNM and then what you've done with it since in your group. So you're referring to the Ellipse Project? Correct. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, part of it is I um, met, you know, we meet people at PNM that you see, you know, frequently every year. And, and part of how our National Science Foundation funding came about was, you know, I found out that a couple of people were working on process skills in one area. And then I was interested in that and started doing some stuff on my own in a slightly different area. And then we decided, you know, the next year, hmm, maybe this would be a good idea to merge our two pieces and write a, a grant proposal um, on process skills. And that's in fact what we did. And, and we worked that funded and it's called the Ellipse Project. Um, and it was a five-year grant, which is, we got an extension, but is ending now. Um, but I think that, you know, we, we met each other and got the ideas from interacting at the Pogo National Meeting and then took it from there. And in fact, we've had some of our non-scheduled working group time has been with primary collaboration team members uh, on that project. And we meet at PNM in order to, you know, have some time together in person. And so that's some of some of the time that I've spent at PNM was working with people that are working on that project as well. So lots of connections. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that that's that's one of the the great things about the PNM is you, you know, you're not always sure who you're going to meet and who you're going to talk to and what sort of interesting collaboration uh, may turn up as a result. So mm -hmm. anyway, um, I, I want to thank you all for uh, sharing your experiences about the PNM. Uh, to our larger audience. Uh, later on in this season uh, of the Pogel podcast, we will talk with uh, other people associated with some of the other working groups to describe their work with the project. Uh, so please tune into more Pogel podcasts this season for uh, more details on all the activities of the Pogel project and how you can become involved with this community of practitioners. Thanks to all of you for listening to today's conversation on the Pogel Podcast. For additional details on how you can engage with the Pogel Project or its working groups, contact Associate Director Marcy Dubroff at marcy.dubroff at pogel.org. That's M-A-R-C-Y dot D-U-B-R-O-F-F at pogel.org. The Pogel Project is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. If you would like to make a donation so we can keep providing podcasts, low-cost workshops, and classroom materials, please visit www.pogel.org backslash donate. Intro and outro music of our podcast is produced by Pogel practitioner Wayne Pearson. Please join us next time where we discuss the first of five goals of Pogel's strategic plan to grow and support Pogel practitioners. Until then, enjoy your week. <laughs>